Welcome to Dave's Daily Crypto Take. Today is Friday, May 27th, 2022. Let's take a look at today's charts. At number one, BTC is at $28,917.44, down 2.94%. Ethereum number two, $1,752.34, down 9.84%. Tether at number three, $0.99. Cents. USD coin number four, $1.00. BNB at number five, $297.99, down 9.01%. XRP at number six, 39 cents, down 3.19%. Binance USD, number seven, $1. Cardano at number eight, 46 cents, down 9.92%. Solana at number nine, $41.90, down 12.86%. And Dogecoin at number 10, seven cents, down 6.34%. Let's take a look at the Crypto Fear and Greed Index. Extreme fear can be a sign that investors are too worried. That could be a buying opportunity. And when investors are getting too greedy, that means the market is due for correction. So what we got today is extreme fear at 12. Yesterday was extreme fear at 12. Last week is extreme fear at 13. And last month was extreme fear at 21. Let's look at our five articles today. Article number one is crypto is dead. Long live crypto. Article 2. Jamie Dimon's JP Morgan says Bitcoin slide has created significant upside for crypto investors. Uh, article number 3. We were co-founder Adam Newman's new crypto project sounds like a scam within a scam. Article 4. From Argentina to Nigeria, people saw Terra as more stable than local currency. They lost everything. And last but not least, today's main topic is, here's what hackers are really doing with your info. So before we get into the articles, just want to say thank you so much to all my supporters. Catch me on the podcast, whether you're on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcast, Dave's Daily Crypto Take. And if you're in the YouTube space, like, share, and subscribe. It helps me out greatly. So let's get into it, everyone. Article number one, crypto is dead. Long live crypto. So depending chasm between the crypto evangelists and naysayers may never been as stark. On Wednesday, Andreessen Horowitz, the most prominent Silicon Valley venture capital group, made a $4.5 billion bet on what is called a golden era for cryptocurrencies, citing a massive wave of world-class talent that's entered the industry in the past year. That's why we decided to go big, wrote Chris Dixon, a managing partner at the firm. On the same day, a once bullish investor made headlines predicting Bitcoin could fall to $8,000 from its current level of around 30000 Bitcoin and any other cryptocurrency at this point has not really established itself as a credible institutional investment. Scott Menard, Guggenheim Partners Chief Investment Officer, told Bloomberg News at the World Economic Forum in Davos, it's really become the market of a bunch of yahoos and backwaters. That's quite a shift since February last year, when Menard told CNN's Julia Chatterley that he could see Bitcoin, which at the same time was trading around 40,000, eventually soar to as much as 400,000 to 600. Bitcoin hit its peak of $69,000 in November. It's lost more than half its value since then, as investors have pulled out of riskier assets in the face of rising interest rates. Despite the crash, there were several panels about cryptocurrencies and digital money at Davos this year, not to mention a spate of crypto-linked uh, vendors along the town's famed promenade, but establishment voices at the summit didn't waste any time disparaging the Web3 crowd. 
Bitcoin may be called a coin, but it's not money, said Kristalina Georgieva, managing director of the International Monetary Fund on day one of the event. It's not a stable store of value. So where do we go from here? It's easy to watch crypto's day-to-day -day volatility, as well as fringe projects like Terra and Luna enter a death spiral and dismiss the blockchain technology and philosophy underpinning them. But the crypto faithful to say that despite its problems, crypto isn't going away. For one thing, according to some experts, crypto has to confront its branding problem. The term cryptocurrency can be misleading, Marcus Sitoru, an analyst at digital asset brokerage Global Block, told me. 99% of cryptocurrencies aren't trying to be currencies. They're trying to be assets behind these blockchain networks, he said. And I think that's only a matter of time before all businesses integrate blockchain in some form of way. Calls are growing for closer regulation, especially after the collapse of Terra USD and its sister coin, Luna, earlier this month. Many advocates support greater oversight in part because it could help cryptos gain mainstream credibility. There are an estimated 300 million crypto users currently, and Sotiro says the number is doubling every year, nearly twice the historical rate of internet adoption. Even though sentiment is very negative at the moment and it all seems all doom and gloom, he says, the actual fundamentals of crypto hasn't changed. So there you guys have it. What do you guys think about this article? Crypto is dead. Long live crypto. Comment down below and let me know what you guys think. All right, article number two. Jamie Dimas, JP Morgan says, Bitcoin's slide has created significant upside for crypto investors. Bitcoin's recent slide has left the digital token well below its fair price, giving the cryptocurrency significant upside now, JP Morgan Chase said in a research note this week. The bank said Bitcoin was undervalued by 28% and put its price target for the coin, which was trading at just above 29600 on Thursday afternoon. At 38000 according to Market Insider, Bitcoin fell below 26 earlier this month for the first time since December 2020. Just as the stock markets have been similarly pummeled, largely due to inflation fears, the past month's crypto market correction looks more like capitulation relative to last January, February, and going forward, we see upside for Bitcoin and crypto markets more generally. JP Morgan's positive outlook is notable because CEO Jamie Dimon is a longtime cryptocurrency skeptic. Diamond has said that he personally thinks that Bitcoin is worthless, though he has acknowledged that many of his clients feel differently. I'm not a Bitcoin supporter. I don't care about Bitcoin. I have no interest in it, he said last year. On the other hand, clients are interested, and I don't tell clients what to do. Last summer, JP Morgan began giving wealth management clients access to a six crypto funds to add Bitcoin exposure to their portfolios. That's despite Diamond's prior comments that Bitcoin has no intrinsic value and that regulators are going to regulate the hell out of it. On Wednesday, Securities and Exchange Commissioner Hester Pierce told CNBC that the U.S. has dropped the regulatory ball with respect to crypto. She called on Congress to clarify the SEC's regulatory role so her agency can take more proactive steps against crypto fraud going forward. We're not allowing innovation to develop and experimentation to happen in a healthy way, and there are long-term consequences of that failure, Pierce said. So there you guys have it. What do you guys think about this article? Jamie Dimon, JP Morgan says, Bitcoin slide has created significant upside for crypto investors. Comment down below and let me know what you guys think. Okay, article number three. 
WeWork co-founder Adam Newman's new crypto project sounds like a scam within a scam. Turning carbon credits into crypto won't fix climate change. Adam Newman is back. The co-founder and former CEO of WeWork and subsequent subject of the podcast turned TV series We Crashed now says he wants to fix climate change with crypto. Specifically, Newman wants to put carbon credits on the blockchain, but making carbon credits easier to buy and sell does not solve anything. The real problem with carbon credits and offsets, which is that they're broken. More easily, trading a broken product doesn't make it any less broken. Newman's new company is called Flow Carbon, and it has big ambitions, which will be backed by $70 million from the crypto arm of the venture capital firm A16Z. On its website, Flow Carbon says that the current system of buying and selling carbon credits is built on an opaque and fractured market infrastructure, and that the carbon credits themselves have little liquidity, accessibility, and price transparency. In other words, the problem is the carbon credit market, and the way to fix it is by making it easier to trade carbon credits. This is a classic argument for a crypto company. By the way, the answer for everything in the crypto world seems to be greater commodification. But when it comes to saving the planet, as with most things in life, that's not necessarily true. Carbon credits and offsets are two sides of the same coin, and the terms are often used interchangeably. A carbon offset refers to a project that reduces carbon dioxide emissions. Preserving forests is a popular one, and carbon offsets generate carbon credits and both trade in units that represent one metric ton of carbon dioxide. Flow Carbon is supposed to work through the creation of a new crypto token called the Goddess Nature Token, or GNT. Those tokens would represent carbon credits, and Flow Carbon users looking to trade carbon credits would do so by buying and selling these tokens. The second part has the potential to be problematic. Unlike stocks or cryptocurrencies, carbon offsets ultimately need to be taken off the market in order for them to have any lasting, traceable impact on a company or individual's carbon footprint. Google, for example, retires any carbon offsets it buys, putting a stop to the trading so nobody else can claim their climate benefits. How effective those offsets were is debatable. Flow Carbon users have the option to retire their tokens, redeem them for classic carbon credits off the blockchain, or keep trading them. If a Flow Carbon user were to keep the carbon while flowing by trading away their carbon credits, they can't claim to have offset any of their own emissions. I think you're trying to solve something that's not a problem. And the kinds of things that blockchains are good at, which is sort of just making sure nothing gets lost, isn't really a problem with the current market. That's not where they're broken. Where they're broken is the credits themselves may not actually be causing any reduction in carbon. As my colleague, one of the key principles for making a good carbon credit is additionally or ensuring that a carbon offset project will actually lead to a reduction of emissions that wouldn't have happened otherwise. This is trickier than it sounds. A 2020 Bloomberg investigation found that carbon offsets sold by the Nature Conversancy, one of the largest environmental nonprofits in the world, were based on deforested properties that likely would have been preserved even without extra funding. In other words, the emissions reductions from those trees would have happened anyway, making them invalid as carbon offsets. That's just one example. Carbon credits and offsets frequently miss the mark, and in some cases can even cause additional harm to forests. Carbon offsets don't provide any additional emissions reductions allow companies that buy them to claim they've made a difference to their carbon footprint without having any real impact. They haven't offset anything, 
they've just got this worthless piece of paper saying they got a credit. You could put that credit into the blockchain and it would just be worthless. It's not clear how flow carbon could make carbon offsets more useful or trustworthy. And in backing the GNT following the criteria of the global carbon market and come from one of four large carbon credit registries, the company also says the carbon credits behind its token have been certified, but it doesn't detail how that certification process happens or if it has a verification system that's any different from the current carbon credit market. So there you guys have it. What do you guys think about this article? We work co-founder Adam Newman's new crypto project sounds like a scam within a scam. Comment down below and let me know what you guys think. All right, before we get into the next uh, round of articles, just want to say thank you so much. I've been getting a lot of messages saying, where is Dave's Daily Crypto Take? I'm trying to get a more continual basis on it. So if you can, just like, share, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And if you have any friends or family that want to listen to the podcast, I'm on Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Dave's Daily Crypto Take. All right, let's get it back into it. Article number four, from Argentina to Nigeria. People saw Terra as more stable than local currency. They lost everything. I have nothing left, not even a penny. Valeria makes around $300 a month selling prepared food from her home in Buenos Aires. The 47-year-old was nervous about keeping the money saved in Argentine pesos because of the country's inflation rate, which passed an annualized 50% earlier this year. So she put more than $1,000, all of her savings, plus $500 her friend lent her to buy a new refrigerator into Terra USD, a cryptocurrency stablecoin that was advertised as being pegged one to one with the US dollar. Valeria, like other interviewed for this piece, is being identified by only her first name to preserve her privacy. While cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin have a reputation for volatility, stablecoins present a promise of security. Typically, their prices are tied to a hard currency like the US dollar or a commodity like oil or precious metals. Some, like UST, can also be used to generate yields via protocols such as Mars and Anchor, whereby users receive a variable or fixed interest rate when they deposit their stablecoins. Valeria had spent months learning about UST before starting to invest in various protocols about four months ago. In mid-May, the stablecoin lost its peg, meaning that its value diverged from that of the dollar and its price plunged to more cents. Valeria watched her savings dwindle to zero unable to remove the money from the protocols which had blocked withdrawals. I invested in a stablecoin that today is worth eight cents. I feel sickened and helpless. The apparent security of stablecoins has made them attractive to people in countries that experience high inflation or currency devaluations, such as Argentina, Iran, and Nigeria. The UST crash, which has hit other crypto assets, shattered that illusion. Valeria is one of more than a dozen people rest of the world spoke with from countries including Argentina, Venezuela, Iran, Iraq, Nigeria, who invested in UST, the third largest stablecoin, and its accompanying Luna token, who said they have now lost tens of thousands of dollars in savings. They scammed me, a UST holder from Pakistan. I have nothing left, not even a penny. While earlier cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin were often most accessible only to people with backgrounds in tech or finance, stablecoins offered a more accessible entry point for people looking to save, according to Pablo Sabatella, a director at DeFi Education. 
A lot of people that are not deep into crypto started using stablecoins as a way of saving money because you cannot buy US dollars legally in Argentina. And Argentina's central bank banned people from buying dollars for the purpose of saving in 2012. With the aim of protecting its foreign reserves, Argentina ranked 10th on the crypto intelligence from Chain Analysis 2021 Global Adoption Index, which measured a major surge of cryptocurrency adoption in South America starting in late 2020. But while users were flocking to UST for its perceived stability, according to Sabatella, few understood that it still had inherent risks. Unlike other stablecoin providers that claim to hold reserves tied to the underlying asset they track, such as Tether, UST wasn't backed by actual US dollars, but rather a complex algorithmic system that maintained the peg through a network of traders in underlying cryptocurrency Luna. In what some experts suggest may have been a coordinated maneuver, a massive push to buy UST caused the stablecoin to lose its peg, resulting in a bank run and ensuing death spiral where holders rushed to sell. One Argentinian told rest of the world that they invested in USC because of the country's inflation and devaluation of the peso. They lost $17,000. I felt betrayed by Binance for promoting this as safe and stable, they said. Another who put his money into Terra-based protocols said USD was popular in Argentina because of the people's need to access a reliable and stable currency. He lost 90% of his sold holdings and Binance and Terra did not respond to a request for comment. Terra was considered to be such a safe and reliable savings protocol, so it had the trust of a lot of smart and sophisticated people in the crypto world. So there you guys have it. What do you guys think about this article? From Argentina to Nigeria, people saw Terra as more stable than local currency. They lost everything. All right. Last but not least, let's take a look at the main topic today. Here's what hackers are really doing with your info. Consumers often react to the risk of being hacked in two ways, by either being extra cautious or dismissing the risk outright by saying, it won't happen to me. Malicious intruders and cyber criminals, sometimes referred to as black hat hackers, take advantage of this popular belief for their own benefit. ESET, cybersecurity advisor and industry expert Jake Morris spoke with Digital Security about the issue of lax consumer security practices, noting that many people aren't even aware of basic tools for protecting themselves like two-factor authentication. This is a big problem because most people now rely on their personal gadgets and online accounts for accessing and storing sensitive information, including everything from health records to financial documents and work materials. Failing to update laptops and smartphones with the latest security fixes, using public Wi-Fi networks without a VPN, and using the same password for every online account are all habits that leave consumers vulnerable to hackers. So what are hackers after? Well, they explain that hackers are really doing what your data, selling it, exposing it, holding it for ransom, mining it for valuable info like credit card numbers, using it for hacks, or simply showing it off. Some hacks have nothing to do with money. It said that taxes are out for revenge. Other hacks are unhackable systems or organizations just to show off or leak data in retaliation for something. However, most cyber criminals are out for financial gain and stolen data can contain valuable information from credentials to credit cards and social security numbers. Everything today is stored online. Hacked data is also sold in bulk on the dark web. And social security numbers can sell for as low as $1 credit or debit cards from $0.50 to $1 per card. And 
PayPal credentials can be worth as much as $200. Driver's licenses, digital and physical passports, and even medical information are also sold online. Ransomware, meanwhile, is a growing trend where hackers usually target small and medium organizations, take control of their systems and data, and then offer the company the chance of recovering their computers once a ransom is paid. Given the rise of blockchain technology, it's also not surprising to learn that digital wallet credentials and credentials to NFT sites are also increasingly stolen. Finally, data can be used to steal identities, commit fraud, do more hacking, and even vandalize websites. So cyber attacks are on the rise. And here we see that they saw more than $623 million in ransomware attacks globally. This represents an astounding 105% increase over the previous year. The report adds that all forms of cyber attacks are on the rise. Crypto jacking was registered to be an all-time high with 97.1 million attacks, for example, while ransomware in the U.S. increased by 98% and in the U.K. by 227%. Well, there are many reasons why cyber attacks have been rising exponentially since 2020. The global pandemic accelerated a digital transformation and the entire world went online to live and work. Add that to the rise of the cloud, the new digital economy with digital assets like cryptocurrencies and NFTs, and it's easy to see why cybercrimes are on the rise. Hacking trends dominating the new era include phishing, ransomware, zero-click attacks, romance scams, and health or COVID-related scams. They affect the average consumer as well as small and big companies alike. So how to keep your data safe from hackers? Well, there is no size, one size fits all solution when it comes to digital security. Even the most advanced systems have vulnerabilities and hackers can be very sophisticated in their techniques. However, most cyber criminals attacks can be avoided by simply taking hackers seriously and believing that these hacks can happen to you. Using strong passwords and keeping two-factor authentication active can prevent 90% of attacks. Other simple actions like using a trusted and efficient antivirus and keeping your devices updated can also deter attacks. One of the most effective methods hackers use to target victims is simply asking for their passwords or sensitive information. Victims may be contacted over email, SMS, Instagram, on scam websites, and even by phone. Cyber criminals often present themselves as agents or representatives of an organization to deceive victims and trick them into handing over their data. Many users believe that smartphones are not targeted by hackers, but that's not true. In fact, cybersecurity revealed that there were more than 10 million mobile devices across 214 countries targeted by cyber criminals in 2021. Regarding digital wallets and sites where digital assets like NFTs are stored, these are being increasingly targeted due to their vulnerabilities and the rich potential they have for criminals. And they explain that the safest way to store your crypto or NFTs is using an offline wallet, also known as a cold wallet. If a user decides against using an offline wallet, the recommended practice is to choose a trusted online digital wallet that offers effective security measures and to always act with caution when doing P2P transactions. So there you guys have it. What do you guys think about this article? Here's what hackers are really doing with your info comment down below and let me know what you guys think all right let's take a look at the price one last time before we head out at number one btc twenty eight thousand nine hundred and twenty one dollars ethereum one thousand seven hundred fifty two dollars tether 99 cents usd coin one dollar 
BNB, $298. XRP, $0.39. Cents. Binance USD, $1. Cardano, $0.46. Cents. Solana, $41. And Dogecoin at $0.07. Cents. So there you guys have it. Thank you so much for making this far into the Crypto Take article and also podcast. Again, catch me on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast. And if you're in a YouTube space, please like, share, and subscribe. Uh, other than that, I hope you all of you have a great crypto day, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.